Hi there, Oregon Music News Editor Tom D'Antoni here with another OMN Coffee Shop Conversation. We're in double figures now, this is number 10. Joining me today in the cupping room of World Cup Coffee and Tea at Northwest 18th and Gleason is Pink Martini, percussionist, co-founder of Portland's Lions of Batucada Brazilian Marching Band, and teacher of percussion the world over, literally, Brian Davis. We were lucky to snag him while he was making a stop back in Portland, and just before he lit out for who knows where on earth. He's the ball of positive fire, and I've had a lot of fun talking with him over the years, but not as much fun as I had when I did a TV piece on the Lions, and I got the march in the Starlight Parade. Watch for Pilar French, Dan Balmer, Rebecca Sanborn, and Courtney Vondrelli in upcoming episodes. Let's talk to Brian. By the way, this is the cupping room. The cupping room. Yes. I love cups. Yes. I don't know what it means, but we're in the cupping room. Um, I teach and, a cupping rhythm. And, cup uh, rhythm. I, 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 they have, I have promised to get the manager to come in here and tell me what the cupping room is. Uh, but, it's, you know, I don't know what that is either. I know I, what it, cupping is in, in Chinese medicine. I know what cupping is. I've had that done. You ever had that? No, this is about coffee. Oh, coffee. Well, so it's, it's probably different than the Chinese medicine. I would guess. One yeah. hopes. <laughs> you take coffee grounds and shove them on your back. I, I think go. it has to do with coffee cups. Yeah, this will heal you. <laughs> well, they use cups in China, too. They turn these things upside down with herbs on it. It leaves big, horrendous marks on you and sucks all the something out of you. I don't think that happens in here. With coffee. You just <laughs> coffee grounds. You're better. <laughs> and stained. <laughs> so you don't actually live here anymore, do you? I live, when everybody asks me that question, I say I live in my suitcase because uh, pretty much I do. I have a house here. Uh, this last three and a half years when we added Storm, uh, we have not stopped. We've been relentless. And, and we switch vocalists. We do a tour with Storm, come home, we're here for four or five days, bam, we go again. If we're here for more than four or five days, I usually go somewhere else just because I love Portland. I grew up here, but... I like the sun. I was born on the wrong side of the planet. <laughs> I moved to Hawaii when I was 17. I was like, something's wrong here. <laughs> what happened? I mean, have I always wet <laughs> and cold? I'm skinny. Yet, I have no and tolerance. Yet, and yet you, choose, you chose to co-found a marching band to march around in the rain. Yes. Yes, I did. My Time first, of my life. My first weekend here after I moved, I, mean, I, had, I had visited was for the Starlight Parade. Fabulous time. Those were the best. And, and and I didn't see you guys, but I did see 
people marching in a parade in the rain. Yeah. Now, I had always been taught, don't go out in the rain. Yeah, you know? not when you live in Portland. And then I came here and went, people people, people just you know, out here in the rain. Growing up here, you function in the rain. I yeah. hitchhiked to school when I went to Mount Hood Community College for a while. I hitchhiked there just back when it was trailers yeah. and a gymnasium. Yeah. And, sorry. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm acclimatized now. Uh, yeah, you, fine. you get used to it. You yeah. put on a hat, you get an umbrella, whatever, and you right. go out. And if you get wet, umbrella. you get wet. People, I have an That umbrella. was the other thing I noticed was people didn't ever, didn't use umbrellas here. I use an umbrella. Did you? I grew up with a mom and dad who okay. were kind of stately in a sense. They were used umbrellas. Oh, that, that, how civilized that people. I, I thought so too. <laughs> I carry one on tour. It's <laughs> raining and everybody goes, oh, I'm not going out. I'll go see you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going. I'm going to go adventure. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> So why are you in town now? Why am I in town now? Because we just did New Year's Eve in L.A. I taught a workshop down there. I went down ahead of the band, taught a workshop. Uh, we're in L.A. I'm in town now because I'm working every morning with my, uh, you know, the Ainsworth Junior Scola. You probably have never seen them. I've done it for 13, 14 years. They do stuff for the Junior Rose Festival Parade. They march in that. They do community stuff. We've done the festival to bands they used to do in PG Park mm -hmm. where they have all the marching bands come out and spell their name. And, the, you know, the kids, I just look at them and go, just follow me. And we just go worm around and steal the show because they're, they're – um, I'm – really dedicated about making sure that they know how to play so it's not embarrassing for me or for them and yeah. um they learn about the country brazil the culture i have little notebooks i made over the years uh -huh. compile this information about the crianças escola parades that happen in rio which i will be seeing in a few short weeks here uh -huh. it's been an, it's been six because weeks. because tuesday was 12th night 12th night yes and yeah. the start of the carnival season that's right it is yeah. it is it's uh Carnaval, they say, where I like it. Mardi Gras okay, but, you know, <laughs> Carnaval rocks. <laughs> so anyway, I'm here working with the, my kids. The, uh, I've just started seeing them, um, um, working, teach them. I have instruments for 147, 48 kids that I've compiled over the years, uh, Brazil Connections, where I go to these companies and show them DVDs where the kids are playing coffee cans that I laboriously cut and put duct tape on the edges and we use those for tambourines the little round thing that you flip um and uh i went so i took these dvds to remo to lp and to contemporanea in brazil and uh -huh. said this is what i do and they go we can do this so that i'd get like 50 agogo bells at cost and brought them home in my suitcase or something like that yeah. <laughs> uh everything i have they're real instruments real brazilian instruments and i go to the pta once in a while and go I need new caixas. I need a bunch of new caixas, and this is how much they cost. What can you do? And they go, see you later. And then a couple of weeks later, they show up and go, we like what you do here. I've been doing it. This is, I think, the 14th year of wow. I go there and spend. And it's, you know, it's, it's I do it because I love it because it's really chaotic. Because I'll be with Pink Martini. We'll play with some symphony somewhere. I'll catch the red eye back on after the matinee on Sunday, fly in, sleep for two hours, and go to class with sunglasses on, and they know not to mess with me. If I have sunglasses on, everybody focuses because he's asleep, so don't mess with him because he'll <laughs> he'll just like tell you to shush. So, um, but yeah, it's, that and that's why I'm here now. I'm do, I'm doing that and uh, here till next week, and then I go to Moscow. <laughs> 
I know. Can you believe that? Why are you going to Moscow? Frivolous spending on some Ruski's part. We're going to play a private party. Ping Martini, we're going to fly over, play a private party, fly back. And then we have like two days here, and we go to play with the symphony in Seattle. Um, I'm going to meet up with Jovino Santos Neto at the Cornish Institute on Wednesday in between. We play Tuesday and Thursday with the symphony. So Wednesday, I hook with him. Uh, he teaches there. And then... That Saturday, back in Portland at the Old Church with Jovino Santos Neto. Uh, do you know this guy? Uh-huh. He used to play with Hermeto Pascal, brilliant uh-huh. pianist, great musician, amazing yeah. cat, really, really cool guy. Um, I'm the MC of the show, and which I did last year too. Uh-huh. MC the show, and then of course I play. You know, yeah. and, and this year we actually were working on a couple of arrangements. Besides that, we just look at each other and go, "Ready, go!" and we just play. And it was <laughs> we did that last year, and it was <laughs> so much fun. It lasted like 15 minutes of chaos. I mean, it was I mean chaos in a good good sense of the word. It was beautiful. So I'm doing that, and then the next morning I leave and go to Rio. <laughs> Sunday the 25th, I'm off to a month and a few days in. Downtown Rio with all my buddies hanging out, going to Mangueira and Mosadaji and Beja Flor and all these schools, all my favorites, and hang out, go go play and stick my nose in there, <laughs> see what kind of trouble I can get in, <laughs> which is pretty easy. <laughs> Comes natural. <laughs> what kind of trouble could you possibly get? Oh, my nocturnal <laughs> nature lends itself towards <laughs> getting in trouble <laughs> and i'm not going to expound upon that i'll just say that i have fun i do have fun how it's, could it's music kid, how could a kid from portland end up doing all this surf music <laughs> how's that for an answer really i don't know i started playing surf music when i was in the age that these samba kids that i see there and now they're fifth and uh fifth as, a, graders. as a drummer as a drummer playing surf beats terribly i'm sure for a long time but you know, playing surf music. So and then you know, Beatles, who, Rolling Stones. You know who Kinks. You know who who surf drummers were. Who are 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 there any famous surf music drummers? Oh yeah, well, Sandy Nelson, of course. Wipeout. Oh yeah, well, and, and yeah. let there be drums and all that. You know, I, I didn't realize that he would be. He was considered a surf drummer. He, I think he was considered a surf drummer. Wow. At least for me. I mean, his rhythm sounded like surf rhythms, kind of. But, so, so you played. But two. it's like, do, what could I name? I mean, besides like uh, Dennis Wilson is obvious one of yeah. Beach Boys. I mean, yeah. and that was like surf pop. That wasn't like surf like, yeah, but, 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 like Ventures surf yeah, or yeah, Safaris yeah, or, 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 or Jan and Dean. Those guys. That's yeah, who I was I listening know, to at the start. Or, or Palmer and, and, and Blaine played all those. Played drums on, yeah, all, those, on yeah. all those records and everybody else's too back yeah. then. <laughs> they were what what they called them the, the L.A. guys who the, the Wrecking and, Crew. Right, the Wrecking Crew, and there was yeah. one other guy too that was in in. Uh, I can't think of his name. Hal Blaine and Earl Palmer were the the, 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 the main the main the main drummers. Right from the Wrecking yeah. Crew, and yeah. they played on everything, everything. and the, yeah. they got their check, and somebody yeah. else, hopefully, some company yeah. made royalties, and yeah. the stars got their nut, got yeah. their face on People Magazine or whatever it was back then, and right. everybody's happy, hopefully, <laughs> or drowned <laughs> or whatever happened, <laughs> in case of Mr. Wilson. <laughs> uh, oh. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, are we off topic? <laughs> no, we're, we're talking about we're talking about surf drums. Okay. So, roots. So, playing music. Uh, playing music yeah. as a little kid. Um, I had a family who, uh, my mom and pop were both supportive. My dad had played trumpet until mm-hmm. he had three kids, and then he went that, done with that. And I have his trumpet. Um, and my mom was like a primitive on the piano, but would sing 
Everly Brothers tunes uh-huh. and just, you know, just goofing around the house. Nothing, nothing special. No big, you know, musical huge thing. But when I started playing drums, they, they encouraged it. They, they said, you know, sure, you can do this. And um, made me take piano lessons, which I s- still a total caveman on this stuff. But I, I learned how to play drums. Um, and that just kept going, you know. And then I'm curious. I'm a curious human. So I started, okay, so there's surf drums. Now there's, by high school, I was playing psychedelic music in uh-huh. Motown. You know, uh-huh. I went to a pretty racially uh, diverse school, you know, for, for Portland uh-huh. um, uh, and um, played in funk bands and psychedelic bands and then moved to Hawaii for a year after, after high school. Wow. Total divergent, just be a bum. I was a surf bum, lived in a hammock. You were a surf bum. Total. I was a skateboard rat in the first wave of skateboards when they were really hard and hard yeah. wheels. And yeah. Your life was in danger to get on those things. It yeah. still is, but you know, then um, I did all that and wanted to learn how to surf and hitchhiked to Mount Hood Community College for one term and went, you know, I need a break. And <laughs> I moved to Hawaii and did nothing but get up every day and listen to the radio, find out where the waves were hitting. And there was one car amongst this little enclave of yahoos who we'd pitch money together and buy rice and go out heist fruit and we all had little spears and face masks we'd get fish and it was great it was unbelievable and got really strong surfed like crazy and then went imagine yourself in five years and then i went time to go <laughs> <laughs> and also you know what another thing that happened there is uh, uh santana came out with their first album uh-huh. and uh played two nights at the Waikiki Shell. I scraped money together to go to the second one. The first one, that's in the other side of the island. I was living on the North Shore of Oahu, mm-hmm. which then was countryside. Now it's condos and whatever else. Yeah. But then it was like the sticks, you know. There was mm-hmm. nothing out there. And the road didn't even go around the island yet. Uh, so get into town. The first night, you can hear it outside the Waikiki Shell. So I'm listening going, man, that stuff is rocking. What is that? I hear congas and timbales and all this stuff. That yeah, yeah. I knew what they were. I grew up with Desi Arnaz, too, you know. Right. I love Lucy. Right. Um, so went out, you know, the encore starts and some people, you know, they rush for the gate to get out of the parking lot and all that stuff. So there's this crowd exiting. So I turned around, walked backwards, walked against the crowd. and No one, no one stopped me and got to where I was <laughs> right in the front of the stage, watched these cats and went, this band is rocking. And I love the conga drums. Look, listen to this stuff in the Tibali, Chapito Arias, it's ridiculous, yeah. you know, a little fiery guy. And uh, the next day they all played on the beach with a scene of drummers that I didn't even know existed there because I'd been being a bum out yeah. in a hammock on the surf world yeah. and uh, saw that. And within about probably six, seven days, literally, I had a ticket and was come back here to study and, and started <laughs> studying conga drums and um, and that just, once I hit congas, that expands all over the place because Atabaque is the contemplate tradition of Brazil, the, the rumba stuff, the, you know, all of it. And then you know, I started hearing Brazilian music and just went, man, this is the stuff because there's an element of it that I like. There's Cuban stuff, which I also really love. I love uh-huh. Cuban stuff. But, but to me, Cuban music kind of seals by the nature of its clave, its uh-huh. rhythmic little lock. Uh-huh. And uh, the... That same lock in Brazilian stuff is more circular. It, mm-hmm. On an example, here's Cuban. Those are son clave yeah. and rumba clave. Uh, sambas. 
So the ethnomusicologists argue over who, what side is syncopated. Was it three, two, two, three, blah, blah, blah. I don't care about all that stuff. And the, and the Brazilians themselves go, you say, is this three, two? And they go, ah, that's Cuban. We don't play in clave. <laughs> but if you play crossed with that clave, yeah. as I hear it, mm -hmm. you're cruzado. And then you're gringo. What the, you know, and then you're, you know, somebody's throwing your sticks on the ground. <laughs> Literally, people come up, take your sticks, drop them on the ground and go. Is that right? Oh, serious. <laughs> Very fortunate. Never happened to me, but I've been in baterias where different teachers, different friends, they go go to the director and go, this guy can play. He's okay. He's a nice guy. Let him play. And they go, cool. And so, bam, I'm up in the, in yeah. the quadra, up in the stage. And I'm in there, and all the Brazilians are looking like, who's the gringo? You know. And now, now there's more. There's there's more gringos that are starting to be around. Yeah. Not usually playing but in the performances, but you go to rehearsals, and if you can play, you can play. You know, So jump in the middle of that stuff and, and go. And I've seen... You know, there's a lot of directors in about three, there's 280, 300 people. So mm -hmm. there's a main guy and a bunch of co-directors and they come walking up. And if you're, if you're not doing it right, they literally pull a stick out of your hand, drop it on the ground and go Jeez. like that. And that's your invitation to walk of shame. <laughs> you leave. Oh, man. You leave. It's, it's, you know, there's a million people that can play in Brazil. I mean, everybody sings, everybody dances, everybody plays. It's ridiculous. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Even the people who have nothing to do with music can pick up a tambourine and go, <laughs> just, and they, you go, what do you do? I'm, you know, a gas station, attendant. you know, they're whatever they're, I'm a banker, you know, but everybody can kind of, yeah. kind of do it. It's just cultural. Yeah. It's just yeah. Yeah. African. And thing. it came easily to you. What's that? It came naturally to you. The uh, the rhythmic thing, yeah. Oh, I get, yeah. I'm I'm blessed by it and infected with it. Like you already noticed, I'm sitting here. I can't. I just I was the little kid who would like bang the pencil on the table and say, "Hey, who's doing that? Stop it!" And click the pen. Who's doing that? Stop it! And then like that, and you know, constant, constant. <laughs> so you know, I learned how to play drums because of it. It's Jeez. it's still there. I'm still like, thank goodness. <laughs> Well, geez, you know, it, it could have it could have worked out it, it could have worked out the other way. You could have been you you could have been uh, discouraged from ever doing that because you were so annoying. No, nope. you know, uh, <laughs> lucky again. I, I at a young age got in a band with the neighborhood eighth mm -hmm. graders, mm -hmm. and and I could keep a beat enough to go. And I was crazy enough to try and sing a couple songs once in a while, you know, like <laughs> Rolling Stone tunes, something mm -hmm. like that. And so like what? Uh, the, well, satisfaction, of course. Of course. You know? um, and, and back then, talk about I miss this eighth stuff. grade. Talk about not being satisfied. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I didn't even know what satisfaction was in eighth grade. But but back then there was really cool stuff that there was like, uh, well, in the early years there was like YMCA dances. All the Ys would have citywide dances. I used mm -hmm. to play the one that's in Hollywood District. It's now who knows what it is, but it's a big yeah. YMCA building. And in the big gym, it was like fifty cents and. Kids from all over the city would come to these citywide dances, and there'd be some band like ours playing probably pretty terribly and whacking away playing She's the Witch by the Sonics, the Seattle band, and Kinks tunes, and, you know, surf tune here and there still at that point. But, and it was a gas. You know, you, make, you might make, you know, 10 or 15 bucks or something. You come yeah. home and go, yeah, I'm a rock star. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you know, then there was the Teenage Fair and the Rose Festival. They had competitions uh -huh. with all the bands. And the band then I was in, what were, I can't even remember what we were called. We went down there with mod shirts and our Beetle boots. And I think we came in like 500th out of, you know, 501 <laughs> bands. <laughs> Total fun, though. Really what, fun. What was it 
for you was it the, was it the playing or was it the the uh, the chicks at the time? <laughs> um, honest answer. Yeah. Pretty even balance. Yeah. I mean, I wanted to play. I love I loved the idea of playing music, and I was curious and still am learning, trying to learn <clears throat> about uh, rhythms and you know cultures and all that. It kind of goes hand in hand, and um, yeah, and then. It was kind of cool that you played drums and the, the girls might look at you. Because, I mean, when I was that age, I was as tall as I am now. Really, really skinny. Basketball glory for a minute. But, uh, um, like, the geek. I was a foot taller than everybody. And oh, really skinny. And, and so, if I got cool because I played drums, that was, oh, how cool. <laughs> a plus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, so... So what was it like for you the first time you went to Brazil? The very first time I went to Brazil was yeah. amazing. Unbelievably amazing. I, I didn't speak any Portuguese at all. Um, I'd seen a group perform in Portland called the uh, Ballet Folklorico do Bahia. Huh. I'd seen them. Just saw, saw their show and walked around. It was at the Schnitz or something, whatever it was called then. Maybe it was in Paramount still. And I walked around to the back door and just didn't, couldn't speak with them, but just watched them all come out and went, what a spirit. I mean, these people were jacked. They were having joy of life. I mean, it was really cool. Yeah. Just I just watched that and went, I got to go there. you know. And then somewhere along the line, Kathy Evolution, professor of dance at the dance department in Portland State, wanted a bateria. So I started researching a little bit and mm -hmm. put one together with another guy and did a one-time shot of that and then then got asked this was like in the early early minutes of pink martini and somebody called the pink martini this is in 90 what i don't know no okay. idea it's 90, been 20 years 95 I don't, 94 96 the funny thing about me and this is the honest truth is that even though i live in a world that you count and numbers and it's like you know it's a mathematic science in some respect yeah i remember nothing in dates i really don't i like somebody goes how old are you when you i don't have a clue and and it's in it somebody will say how's your son how old are you and it, and it really i have to stop and think about it and i don't know why that is but it's been a, a continuing occurrence throughout my life at this point i totally accept it and just people go oh you're just saying that because you don't want to say how old you are and i'm going no i like how old i am but i just sometimes just don't i know i'm in the ballpark but okay and it's just it's just that way you know so when that was it's been 20 years this okay. year so a long time ago that's fine so so somebody <laughs> called and said hey the oregon visitors association yeah. wants to put a uh, like a brazil style marching band together for the they're going to have this big convention thousands mm -hmm. of people coming and they're going to come to omsi and everybody's going to come on these buses we want this spectacle out front mm -hmm. we heard there's somebody in the in pink martini that can do that john brody calls me up and goes is that you and i go sure is and i just called all my favorite drummers in town and taught them really basic samba parts that i knew and uh had some couple breaks that i knew that i'd already like copped off of recordings or something there but you had not been to brazil not yet not ah, yet i'd studied ah, with some brazilians i'd yeah. spent uh, a year hanging out with the navasconcelos in new york mm -hmm. um i knew ayerto um i sat in with the band you know mm -hmm. i mean i had some experience yeah. in it but not not formally trained in it so i was just kind of you know flying by the seat of my pants and and we did this first show thing and they said what's the name of your group and i went the name of the group and it red lions in was the sponsor they were the ones putting up the money because i said we got to go pay all these people so this is how much i want so and they they matched and said i said oh good so they said be nice to these people there who paid you so the guy goes how about batucata red and i went mm, how about lines of batucata 
and it just came out of my mouth like that. And then, so then we went there as the lines about Takata, Derek, Reed, a whole bunch of other drummers came and went because they heard this thing was going to happen. They yeah. show up, and Derek said, "You got to keep doing that." And I go, "Are you kidding?" I'm like, "I'm playing Pink Martini. I'm working with McKinley. I'm doing stuff with Obuadi. I'm teaching at Jefferson High School. It's like." I have a son. I've got this life. It's like, when? And he goes, I'll, I'll get everything organized. You come and teach us. And and that's where me and Derek, we knew each other before, but yeah. that's where we connected as, yeah. okay, this is my guy. And and we'd been hanging out. I was his first Congo teacher. So we'd been hanging before, but that's when it really firmed up like, hey, I got this guy who's, you know, yeah, who's helping me. This is great. And yeah. he, he didn't know anything about Samba yet at all. He was like, had just been studying conga drums and some Cuban stuff. And uh-huh. so, yeah, total great. Really great. Yeah. So, yeah. So anyway, that all took off. And then I went, I don't know enough. So then I told Thomas, I said, I'm going to take a break. I'm going to go, I'm going to go to Brazil. I've been wanting to do this for a long time. And he goes, a couple of weeks. And I go, mm, seven, eight weeks, something like that. <laughs> and uh, so I went to Salvador. Um, I had all these phrases and stuff written on my hands, which cracked them up, but also endeared them to me because yeah. this guy's trying. And I went to the door of uh, Ballet Folklorico da Bahia. They have a huge, big studio, warehouse, big, huge place, you know, yeah. classes, cultural center, rehearsals, performances, all this stuff. And knocked on the door. The guy that opens the door just happened to be Zehicardo, who was the director of the company. And, and I go, Oi, tudo bem. He goes, you know, it's like right away, right out, you keep yeah. working on my pronunciation and started studying with them. And uh, I said, I want to learn about condomble drumming. Where, how do I go? You know, and I'm like figuring out how to say that. And, and he just takes me outside at one afternoon and points up in the hill and he goes, Noichi, like night, go up that way. He, listen, he says, listen, just go, listen, Noichi. So I go wandering up into the hills in the middle of the night and it started like 11 o'clock nights, pitch black, no street lights, nothing. <laughs> Get up there. I'm seriously the only gringo in the whole place. I'm the only white guy in the whole place, which yeah. didn't matter at all. Yeah. And I'd early learned some bell parts and stuff. So I'm hitting them on my chest, just going, this is freaking amazing. And some guy comes over and goes, hey, gringo, pulls me over and stands me over so I can watch the drummers. And wow. just went from there. It's totally fun. And then I just got infected and then I went to Rio and I've been to Hisife and Olinda all that area and uh, Cachoeira is a favorite little town Samba totally fun and I go I'm going to Rio in a couple of weeks I go I go as often as I can because it's it's great I have a lot of friends there now and I always get to play and it's fun totally fun and you know good study and this time I'm actually taking four days a week. I'm taking Portuguese classes. Wow. I know. Because I speak really poorly. And, and I can understand pretty good. Yeah. But, but by the time I form a sentence, it's, the conversation has already moved. So I'm going to study. It's it sort of a weak it link. Is, so it is the most beautiful language on earth. Unbelievable. There's One of the things that drew me into the music, actually. I'm listening, sure. listening to Brazilian sure. singers, you yeah. know, just the melodies and stuff. Just, yeah. I mean, you know, I'm a drummer, but I melodies, melodies yeah. are that. You yeah. know, yeah. drums are more fun when there's yeah. beautiful melody. So you had already been Pink Martini had already started. Early stages. We're playing what? house parties up in the West Hills. And what, what was what, what, was the uh, the aim the same? Has, has that Artistic vision always been the same since the beginning? With Thomas? Yeah. Yeah. It's been Thomas's vision with yeah. us, everybody throwing in their two cents, but it's yeah. Thomas's vision. And yeah. 
I mean, he's already well documented. Everybody knows the guy is a character. He's, he's you oh know, really? Oh yeah. Okay, <laughs> let me clue you in. <laughs> yeah. No, he's he's uh, um, yeah, he's he's fairly brilliant dude, and he does have a vision, and it's sometimes nutty what you think, like what what the heck are we doing that for? But it's always 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 fun, and it's creative, you know. So. Yeah, it's been kind of from the start, and it morphs, it changes. There's, uh, we've added a lot more Middle Eastern stuff. We've yeah. added, uh, you know, Russian songs. It started, I mean, did Cuban you, stuff, Brazilian did, stuff. And, did you all foresee in any way the kind of success? No I mean, I don't think you. How, no. How could you? No, and even after the initial success that we did have, I, I had to keep going. Why not? All these other great bands that I'd played in that how come that band didn't happen like this? How come, how come Pink Martini in the world, but Pink Martini touches people. I don't know. You know, it's, yeah. it's something you could probably, somebody could analyze it, define it. I don't, I don't care to, I just know yeah. that I like that. It's something that, um, it touches people. It's beautiful music. Um, it's great. It's a great band. I mean, the musicians, I get yeah. to play with Dan family and Phil Baker every night. Yeah. And that's what a treat. I mean, yeah. how lucky am I? You know, that's, um, and Thomas is great. China's great. Storm's great. Everybody's great. So it's, you know, Anthony, the newest <laughs> member, has been with, you know, two or three years now. But he's great. I mean, everybody's like really can play and, and really listens. You know, that even though we played Amato Mio five million times, I feel like we're all there right now. Like it matters right this minute because whatever we did yesterday doesn't doesn't exist. And yeah. You know, tomorrow these folks won't be here, so do it like you mean it. You know, it's interesting. I, I, um, I've said this before, but I, I, I interviewed Les McCann one time. Yeah, love the guy. And I said, "Don't you ever get tired of playing compared to what?" Are you kidding? Great he song. Said, he said, "No." Yeah. He, part of what he said was bullshit because he said, "Well, we're a jazz band. We play it differently every time." Well, bullshit. Yeah, <laughs> I don't care. It's not true. It's not, maybe but, maybe they solo said, differently every but, time, but yeah. they play the tune. Yeah. They play the tune. I, sure. But he said, "Hey, if they wanted me to play it two, three times a set, I'd play it." <laughs> well, you know, it's just, how it's does that work? How does that work? Claim to fame? Well, because. It's, it's, uh, I mean, in the terms of like, like the song Sapatique, that was yeah. Pink Martini's big, big, you know, moment in the pop charts of right. Europe. And, um, it's, it was popular. So people like it. So why not do things that people like? Why not? What's yeah. wrong with that? You know, why, why try and alienate the world? Pull them in. Yeah. So all have fun together. I mean, it's way more, way more productive and creative and more fun. <laughs> and of course, by now, if you guys didn't play Brazil, people would get pissed off. Um, we've never not. Yeah. We've never not. Yeah. When, we, when we recorded that, Thomas said, do you know the song Brazil? And I go, yeah, I know that song. He goes, can we do it? And I went, sure. So I think back then, I, when we recorded Sampatique, I did all the parts. I did all the Brazilian right? stuff because yeah. I was the only one who kind of knew him. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you know, I mean, kind of knew him because there were parts of it that I did know and there were parts of it that when I got to... Brazil, I realized, oh, there's things I'm doing that they're not right. I was crossing oh. clave sometimes uh -huh. with how we how you come in. There's like a six-count phrase that calls it in, and I was thinking, okay, six-count phrase, and then bam, start on one. You start on two. <laughs> it's, and you have to accommodate that second half of the clave. You have to do something in there to accommodate that you've, you're starting in the middle of the phrase. So I didn't, I didn't catch that at first, and I was starting in the middle of the phrase as if it were one, and right? 
my buddy George Alame came up to Portland and he goes, Mr. Sir, he calls me Mr. Sir. And he goes, what are, you, what are you doing? And I go, uh, you tell me, because <laughs> I can tell right away that something's not right. So clue me in here. <laughs> and so did you change? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. The, the lights about the kata. Uh, well, Thomas didn't, you know, Thomas, you go, is it 2-3 or 3-2? And he's, you know, that's, he's learning all that still, all the time. Huh. Um, mm-hmm. um, it, that didn't, that more had an effect on the Lions Batacata more than it had on Big Martini. Really? Because, uh, yeah, because we were already doing that song in, in uh, correctly in 3-2, and it also didn't have the traditional Hepany call-in. It was yeah. just, it was playing some Batacata to a song rather than, you know, uh-huh. we're not doing that. We just come in with the, you know, the piano does a riff and we come in. Yeah. You know, it's it's different. I I moved here in 1997. Yeah. And I remember um, shortly after I moved here, I was walking down the street downtown one day, one night. Yeah. And I turned the corner, and all of a sudden, <laughs> I saw the lions marching toward me. <laughs> And I said to myself, I think I've moved to the right place. Yeah, well, that, <laughs> was, that was back in the days when my name was on the angry police officer's laptop. When yes. I, they'd go, aren't you the Lions of Barracuda? And I'd go, <laughs> uh, no. And they'd go, your name is? And i go, okay, because the rule with the Lions is like, if the police come, everybody move away, and I'll go and talk to them. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm a nice guy. Kind of, you saw me do that recently in the, yes. the parade. I just yes. see the police, walk right up to them and say hi, and get right there, be with them. They're just yeah. folks, you know. Yeah. Um, now, try and talk our way out of it. It's not like I wasn't, I wasn't aware of marching bands because I'm from Baltimore, Maryland. Yeah. And the Morgan State College, I was a, I went to Morgan State, just traditionally black college. Well, those are those are funky marching and bands. Th- and that was the Morgan State band was the with that and, and the one from Grambling. Those were the ones that that mar- that, that they had on at halftime in, in a in National Football League game. Yeah. Those were like the really enormous, great funky marching bands. And so, those so it wasn't, funky and, being and, the key word, different I, than straight up marching bands out of like yeah. the Pacific Northwest. The marching bands and back I, there. And and, funky. and I and I, so so and I had done a, I had done a story. On, on, on that band. Yeah. So I spent some time with them. Yeah. So I, it wasn't like I was not aware of, of great marching bands, funky marching bands, but but not marching down the street well, toward me. Well, we, we got in trouble for that a few times. <laughs> well, I, I understand that, but the, and, uh, but the, the point is that, the, the, you know, that there there you were. Yeah. And I just went, oh, were we Were we wearing all white clothes yet? Yeah, I think you were. <laughs> I think back then we were we, we, first time we wore we wore black once and I went that's not right the zombies did wear white we're wearing white so everybody <laughs> get white clothes and we went really and I go yes get all white clothes zombies to style <laughs> yeah um, we got there the lions rocked the lions were really good we yeah. I brought people from Brazil here regularly for like uh, set up workshops on the west coast yeah. and you know go with them, take them around, do, do classes, do workshops in different cities and, and make a little nut on the side, pay them well mm-hmm. and constantly attend every single private lesson and group class always. So I was like gleaning information constantly with, and these people now are all the best of friends. We're all like, you know, yeah. George Alabe is like my guy. We hang out. I just saw him. I just was down in Oakland at his Christmas party right before the holidays. And and really, uh, you know, I've done um, hundreds 
of I feel produced hundreds of TV stories, and yeah. I, I don't know that I've ever had more fun than the story I did on the Lions. That was a good year too. The one you did it was where, a great uh, year. That was a really good year. Yeah. Andy Sterling was in there. Derek, when we were like yeah. having at it. I remember you got, you got me and Derek in there, and I, I mentioned I said something about yeah. how do you guys play in Pink Martini and get along still and do this as well? And me and Derek were like glued to each other for 20 years. Yeah, we were like you know we. Yeah. I tell people this. Anybody who knew us closely knew it too. We fought like cats and dogs, and it was the most loving relationship ever. Unbelievable. Yeah. The most. It was like so fulfilling because it was constantly challenging both of us, each other, all the time. Yeah. And also, there was never, never one single argument that was left unresolved ever. And that that I, I adore because now, of course, there's no resolving and it's all one-sided conversation. So yeah. I'm glad that I don't have. Oh, I wish I had. I don't. I was like, even to the last time we went at it, it was like. We hugged each other and it was beautiful. Everything was great. Actually, it was totally human. Let me sidetrack here for a second. I'm no, gonna, go ahead. Derek and I got in an argument. The circumstance doesn't need to be said. Yeah. But we argued. And, like, you know, a day later, he comes up at a sound check. Now we're in France. We were in Turkey, argued. Now we're in France. And, and it's like a day later, just a day later. And, and he walks up and he goes, I don't even know what to say anymore. And I go, I know. Don't say anything. I'm going to say everything that you usually say. You say everything that I <laughs> And we ended up like literally like lovers wrapped around each other, walking off after soundcheck to go have coffee somewhere and hang out and just be like always. You know, yeah. it was like so beautiful. And that was that was yeah. the last time we'd had an argument. And uh, that was that. But yeah, so fascinating. One of the more interesting relationships I've had on this planet. Definitely. Definitely. What a character. <laughs> I miss him. I'm pissed at him. All of it. It's all wrapped up. All of it. Okay, now, end of sidetrack. I don't want to make your day all sad like no, that's okay. people talking about all the sad things that have happened yeah, this year in Portland, right. Oregon. That's true. That's that's one of them. Did true. you see we put a window in at uh, Rhythm Traders? Really? You got to go by there. Uh, me, Brad, Pink Martini uh, put up the bucks to uh, blow up this picture of Derek, and I happened to be in the background of it playing drum set, and he's playing conga drums wow. and he's smiling, looking looking full of himself, looking good. And we blew it up and made it into its, uh, you know, Rhythm Traders, the store has different artists, Bobby Torres in it, Carlinos Pandero, uh, you know, name people, yeah. big, big names yeah. of the world. and. Yeah. Now there's a window. With we, we we will go get a shot of that. And, yeah, and put there, it, in it got posted story. yesterday. I just went and did pictures nice. with Brad. Um, it actually went up a couple of weeks ago, but I wasn't here, so we, yeah. we waited till yesterday. Took took a little photo thing and put it on the book face and all that stuff. Bobby uh, Torres is going to be uh, on the cover of our Portland Jazz Festival issue. Very cool. Over, I love Bobby. Magazine. Yeah, he's a great guy. He's a, he's a character. I've done yeah. stuff with him over. He does his convergence thing. Yeah. You ever see that? Uh -huh. With it puts all like all the drummers together, and he creates these composition for drums, and it's total gas. He's a guy. And yeah. Reinhardt is his kid. That's yes. That's a whole other world. That guy is ridiculous. He's really good. <laughs> he's so good that yeah. Um, there's a, a a really great new funk. New Orleans funk band in town called yeah. the, the Roseland Hunters. Oh yeah, yeah. With him and um, uh, Damian Erskine yeah. playing bass, and Ryan is so good that they've got Brian Foxworth playing percussion and singing. Yeah, yeah. Which is <laughs> move him out of the drum out of the, out drum, of the drum set. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs>
I've known Reinhardt since he was a little boy studying tap dance with his mom, Jelaine Stites, really? who, who worked at Jefferson High School. Wow. And I was there, and, and Reinhardt was this little rascal, dedicated as all get out. And I'd hear stories from his mom, like, we were in Seattle over the weekend, and Reinhardt did set a goal from the minute we left Seattle all the way to Portland. He did double strokes the whole way on the backseat of the car. I went, amazing. And he was like a little kid. <laughs> you know, he's, he's, he is a bad boy. Seriously. Beautiful, melodic player. Great yeah. player. I love the guy. I saw him a couple weeks ago, or a few weeks ago. Ran at Rhythm Traders in yeah. a drum shop. We ran into each other and banged around together for a second. Shouldn't there be a Lions of, of Batucata recording? Should be, but you know what? Um, one, the Lions as we knew it back then doesn't exist because yeah. I've gone so much and, you know, it's labor of love. I wanted it to be what I wanted it to be. And yeah. how can you do that when you're gone? You know, and, and so as that entity, it doesn't exist. As the Lions of Batucata, if somebody calls up and I'm in town and I can put something together or record with uh, Von Trapps or with Pink Martini or play with Oregon Symphony with Pink Martini, that kind of stuff, I got my core that i can call up and get like you know 18 20 of the best players and get the dancers and off we go we can still do it but um there are some really really great batucada recordings from the escolas of brazil and of course there's the carnival uh, cd that comes out every year with the inheiro from the escolas in rio mm -hmm. and and they do something similar in, in in the bahia side of things totally different style of samba but so I always looked at it when people go, oh, you should do this, you should do this, you should do this. And, and I always said, no, why? What's the point? You know, it's like, why do I want to have a bunch of Americans um, doing what we do? What we do is we were good. Yeah. I was proud of it. It yeah. was it was tight. And it was yeah. really good. But at the same time, it was a bunch of Americans playing, you know, we weren't taking a new take on it. If, if we, yeah. we, I mean, we did do stuff that was outside of the tradition. We'd you know, I grew up in Motown, so we we had some funk grooves that we'd yeah. throw in that the Brazilians sometimes would look and go, what are you doing? And they'd go, funk. <laughs> and they go, and now they call it Bali Funk, and they love it. I mean, is that this, right? This is years ago. Oh, yeah. There's <laughs> there's the Shikolas that have put in, you know, and, you know, but yeah. if you do that in carnival, sometimes they take off like a tenth of a point because the judges go, not traditional. Oh. So they, that tenth of a point. Winning carnival is won or lost by a tenth of a point, so people are really careful. Jeez. You know, they either go, "I don't care if we win, we're doing this," or they go, mm, "Better not put that in there," because <laughs> you know. But now it's changed some because Bali funk, it's like it's like rap and hip hop took over America. Yeah, you know, kind of pushed rock and everything else, country, everything kind of got pushed aside because this rock and this is ruling. Same in in Brazil, they call it Bali funk, and it's you know similar grooves and nasty dancing and. Pretty cool. I thought they always nasty danced in Brazil. Um, depends on how you look at it. I look at it as <laughs> it's Brazilian. I think there's a misconception about that. Like um, it's sensual, yes, yeah. and it's and it, if you have the mind for it, you look at it and think of it as sexual. But it's sensual. It's to me, it's two different it's things. It's not twerking. No, there's a difference. You go yes. to the beach yeah. and they've got the tiniest bikinis, filo de dental, yeah. dental floss. They have the tiniest <laughs> bikinis in the world, but the girls who are topless on the beach are the Europeans, and the Brazilian girls look at puta, fila da puta, you know, like, yeah, that's a that's that's disgusting. Take off your top. Now, in carnival, sometimes there's topless dancers in there because it's African, you know, it's an yeah. element of Africa. Yeah. It's not to be naked and run around. It's that's the putas, you know, the mm -hmm. 
you know what that is, bitches. Have you ever been to Africa? No. Are you I wanted to go. In, I'm in, in, kicking in, myself forever that Obo and I had planned to go together, and then oh, that didn't happen. Yeah. But um, no, never been. Um, love to go. Never been to Cuba either, and I'm going to try really hard to get there. Well, quick. now you'll be able to. Yeah. Well, I want to get there quick before Kentucky oh, right. Fried Chicken goes in and screws it up, because <laughs> they will. You know they will. Well, of course. You know it's going to. There's yes. going to be McDonald's and you know Starbucks and everything else in every corner. They're going to go right. in and wreck it again. Hopefully yeah. not, but yeah. that's what I suspect. Yeah. You know, once it opens up, so I want to get there before it opens up, and that's a goal. That's actually a goal this year. I'm going to get. I'm sidetracked. I'm going to Brazil first. Sorry. <laughs> Love comes first. <laughs> Love comes first. So, um, I mean, uh, uh, it, it, it wouldn't be the same. It wouldn't have the same impact on you, say, if you went to Lagos and and heard all that, all, all those rhythms that it did for Brazil. Brazil was special. No, actually, right? you know what? Yes, probably uh, even going to Africa would affect me more than than uh, Cuba. You know, and and uh -huh. but. That said, I mean, the elements of anything Afrocentric in the United States, it's 3-2 clave. It's yeah. the early hip-hop stuff. It's in clave. It's, it's Afrocentric music all comes from, yeah. you know, roots of it. I mean, Chuck Berry with Bo Diddley. That's clave, you know. So that Nigerian Yoruba culture, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. I'd love to go to Nigeria, but can you imagine a big, tall, skinny white boy walking around? I'd be a walking ATM machine. I'd be done. You'd be reading about me. And ah, this guy got kidnapped, and maybe you'll see him again. Maybe you won't. Yeah, yeah. It's. Yeah. Uh, I would love to go there because that's the roots, right. and I know some people do and get away with it and have. And, the, travels, and, but and the same with Mali. Mali, I love Senegalese. I know. I love Malaysian music, Senegalese, kind of similar in some way, different, but Gambia, there's there's beautiful, yeah. beautiful music. Um, yeah, I would hopefully someday I'll get there, you know. I mean, <laughs> I wanted to go to Nigeria. I had a chance at some point with a friend who was going to Haiti, and then he was going to um, to Africa. And he went to Haiti and lasted two days and said it was, like, frightening. That he, as a white person, he really? was he was like under siege, yeah. you know. And that that element is there. I mean, Brazil people get robbed all the time. I'm lucky. I'm tall. I carry myself with a certain degree of right. This is going to be more work than it looks Correct. like it's going to be. No, I'm, I'm from Baltimore. I'm quite yeah, quite aware. Exactly, of it. <laughs> exactly, exactly. New York. How to carry whatever. yourself? Yeah. Downtown LA. I was just walking around there. I went a day early and had the night off and wandered around downtown. And I'm looking around, going, "This is my world. I'm big. Yeah. Don't mess yeah. with me." And yeah. and that's how I. You know, I, I mean, truth be told, if somebody came up and said, "Hey, you, I'm gonna run," <laughs> I'm not, I'm not a macho yeah. guy. But, I, I, I but always, I'm big, so. I always tell people, I, um, uh, it, it, it took me two years to stop checking my back after I moved to Portland. <laughs> <laughs> Portland's so <laughs> low key; it's ridiculous. I mean, and thank goodness for it. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> I hope that element never never surfaces yeah. here. I mean, it's. So are are we ever going to see the lions in the in the in the starlight parade again? Uh, I don't know. In this, I would love to do something like that. If I, you know, if if I weren't gone all the time, I would definitely do it. And most likely the starlight parade. That's that's a fun parade. Yes, yeah. I still do the Junior Rose Parade every year uh, yeah. for the last fourteen years, and and I started that because there was requested of me. It was like, can you do this with kids? And mm -hmm. I went, absolutely, I can do this with kids. And with the lions? The lions? Don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Is that because Derek is gone? No. Nope. Okay. Nope. 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 Right. Derek. Derek was my partner in crime and everything else, and um, I would miss that element. I yeah. would miss that guy that was going to give me 
a, a soundboard, you know, that he had ideas and I had ideas. And if he thought my ideas were bad, he was not the least bit shy to say that. Now, yeah. what are you thinking? You know, and, and same I could do with him. And I would miss that hugely. And I would be thinking of him if I were to do it without mm -hmm. a doubt. But the sadness is going to always be there. The pain is going away. You know, it takes time, but that'll go away. So not to say never. I would love to do it. Yeah. Starlight Parade, like the one you came and yes. did the story in, is a total gas. Yeah. We did the Grand Floral Parade one year, too. Again, the, never got rained in in Starlight. We got drenched in the Grand Floral Parade, and it actually made it really <laughs> fun. We were like sewer rats by the time we hit mid-parade. We were drenched, and our floated broken. All kinds of stuff was total chaos. It was really fun, but too much, I don't know, it's corporate. You know, and, and it's yeah, okay. I mean, I, corporate has its world, and right. blah 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 blah. But, but yeah. uh, Starlight is just a bunch of folks just having yeah. a ball. And same with the crowd. It's the nighttime, and people are coming out of the bars and whatever. It's fun. One of one of my most favorite uh, times seeing the Lions uh, was I was doing a story on March fourth. Yes, I remember it. I remember <laughs> this, and we merged. Yes. <laughs> yep. They had a first. First, we 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 marched with them um, on, on Alberta Street. Is that part? It was like the Alberta and Street then, night, and then, art night or and something. And then they they came down and they did. Um, uh, 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 they played a little bit at the Armory before it was before it was it was you know it was still gutted. In yeah, thing, right? yeah, I remember that place. And, and then uh, I guess Avril was saying. The lions are are, are at the are, are at the, the crystal ballroom. So right. we all they all marched, and I'll just will never forget. Uh, March, we got to whatever that gay bar was on, on, on the the block before the crystal, and I remember it. And they're marching, and then and then you guys start come, came around the corner and merged and marched around the block and up the stairs yep. uh, into the into the crystal. Into it was the an crystal incredible ballroom. moment. It was like <laughs> John John Averill came to me at some point. The the early years of March fourth, yeah. the entire drum section, and to this minute, they were all lions. They right. came from the lions, yeah. and and John came to me and said how do you do this? You know, like, how do you manage this? Because at that point, Lions were like, what, 60, 65 people, yeah. you know, maybe 70 or more with, when we'd add dancers and we did Starlight Parade, I'd add like a choir of 50 people yes. that trained them in, in the rhythm, got them to sing a song, get it, you know, we did all kinds of stuff. So um, John Averill came and said, how do you do that? And I go, it's chaos. It takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of your life. If you want to be the guy in charge, it takes a lot of your life. But if you love it, it's so worth it. And so he said, can I kind of follow you around, hang out? And he's a great guy. So we yeah. hung out some, and he actually flew to San Francisco with us. We Weird situation. We went down there to play a memorial for one of the Lions who had moved to San Francisco and got shot. Ugh. And so we went down and played kind of his funeral thing. Yeah. And John came with that and we took the Lions. And this is right after 9-11. So they're going, you mm -hmm. can't take that on an airplane. So I'm on the phone calling up people in San Francisco going, I need drums. They're not like I'm going to take them on the plane. I need drums. So, you know, it's like, it was chaos. Uh, they were taking our sticks away. It was like, oh, you know, ridiculous. Wow. You know, all yeah. that. That's, yeah. that's yeah. another story. Yeah. Yeah. But so, yeah, John, John in the early years was like, Kind of followed me around for a minute, and uh -huh. he's a great guy. I love, and I love March Fourth. I, mean, I love what they've done, and that they're, they've yeah. made it all over the world. All they're over doing the world. really good, it's amazing. Yeah, and that's something that everybody goes, "Why don't the Lions tour?" And I went, "What are you nuts?" <laughs> you know, it's like we'd go to Eugene and Seattle and do different stuff, you know. But and then I'd always like lease a bus. 
rather than go, yeah. where's the car with the surgery section? Where are they? I'd always said, yeah. everybody come to this place, yeah. put all the stuff in the bus and go. And it was so much fun. How much stuff do you keep with you on the road? I mean, do you, you, you must have it down to a, 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 you know, a science now. We have a science. We, we have a lot of stuff provided by backline companies. We no, have, no. I mean you. Oh, did I take? We yeah. Have, we have like yeah. uh, four, four, four cases, good-sized cases full uh -huh. of everything. All the stuff that if you go, I need a surdo, and they bring like a floor tom from a drum set. Yeah. yeah. No, that's it's just a different sound. That's not. Yeah, yeah. So we we have, and we we carry those road cases. We take our horns. We take guitars yeah, like yeah. that. Everything else it gets provided. What about your clothes? My clothes? Yeah. What about them? <laughs> clothes. <laughs> My clothes? Yeah. I don't take that much clothes. You don't? No, no. I think I've had on. You know. I, I'm kind of slipping back to what I it, back in the day I used to wear all black clothes when I worked at Jefferson High School uh -huh. I would get up in the morning and there was no question about like fashion decisions I just put on whatever was there and it was always black clothes <laughs> uh, now I've kind of branched out a little bit I've added white shirts I, I see like that white shirts. Yeah. Yeah. but I, if you saw me a month ago I probably look like and people go does he ever change clothes but it's kind of just I've got a whole lot of the same thing um, I don't think about clothes that much I mean I like I like clothes I like fashion but I got a nice suit I bought in Europe but um Clothes? I don't know what. I got a tie. What do you need? <laughs> it's it's not it's not you know. I mean, I really like good clothes too. I really I do. I like fashion. I love fashion, but it's not it's not like something I'm like completely interested in. You know, <laughs> just how, how does how does one in your position raise a family? Raise a family? Yeah. Uh, during the early years of Pink, my son was growing up. I, I yeah. came home from a gig with another pretty well-known jazz pianist that I had it recorded with, and yeah. I always, I'm, I, don't, I hate to drop names, so I'm going to leave a name. but Herbie. Okay. So I recorded. Hancock. Yes. Okay. So I recorded with him. Gotcha. Um, uh, told him at that time that um, I would love to do anything to be involved in this organization, and I know you've got players that can play circles around me, so, you know, whatever. And I got this call from uh, Brian Bell, who worked with him, worked Neil Young, Santana, all these people from mm -hmm. here. He's a mm -hmm. Beaverton guy, yeah. and he was down in the Bay Area, and I'd met him in Japan on a tour with Kalapana, this all Hawaiian band, and one white boy, one Hale boy. <laughs> Great. And said we met Herbie there, yeah. and uh, Tatsuo Michael Palo, who now played, well, he played for a while. He's a solo guy now, but he played with Al Jiro, all these people, mm -hmm. but he was in Kalapana. I got a solo record deal. We took the thing to Herbie Hancock's hotel room door. We're all staying in the same hotel, knocked in his door. Were you playing this? He goes, not here in San Francisco. So we're down in San Francisco, and I've got this table with all this stuff, and I'm just making up stuff, just making it up, you know, just listening to the song and going, okay, and I got, like, bells and plastic hammers and all this just stuff. Mm -hmm. And he came in and said, want to do that on my album? And I went, I'm kind of busy. No, and I said, are you kidding? So I went down and recorded with him. And then yeah. I went to him calling him and Brian Bell calling up and go, how about learn how to mix monitors and, and tour with us as a monitor mix guy? And I go, mm, okay. You know, and I go down to rehearsals in LA. And of course I brought all my stuff, brought yeah. my equipment and put it in a storage locker and was ready. And, um, the manager, I did a recorded with the band and his manager came up and goes, uh, didn't you plan this song? And I go, I did. And he goes, go play. I go, okay, so throw whatever chords I was rolling up or whatever uh -huh. I was doing, and I jump on stage, and Sheila Escovito, Sheila E was the uh -huh. percussionist, Alphonse Muzan was the drummer, and we'd already become, you know, pretty friendly. Yeah. And and um, so I jump up and 
they go, hey, cool. And so now I'm playing and I go back and I'm like, whatever you're doing, sweeping the floor, rolling courts, whatever I was doing. <laughs> and the guy would go, hey, David Rubinson. He'd say, didn't you play in this song too? And I go, I did. And he'd go, go, go play in it. You know, so I go out and play in Shepard and she was going, yeah, cool. You know, and then finally they, they hired somebody else to mix monitors. And for a tour, yeah. I set up the drums. I set up the percussion and the drums and kind of like Colin Walcott did with Rabbi Shankar, go yeah. out on a tour yeah. and you've got this job that you do, you know, which is all union halls and stuff. All you do is they open the cases and you throw it up and mm -hmm. go change clothes and come out and play in the show. And I did that for a tour. And, but then it, when that was happening, when that got done, I went, okay, I'm staying in Portland cause I got this little baby, little baby kid, you know, I'm going right. to, I'm going to, I'm going to be a pop. So I'm going to, I stayed here and the, the relationship didn't last in that, formal sense lasted this minute i had thanksgiving dinner at her house the other day with the whole yeah. family you know yeah. so that part worked really good um my son as pink martini just started to get popular he was he was 18 years old so wow. it was like he was glad to see me going and <laughs> great guy my son jules jules camarillo davis a great human being really he cool musician? uh he knows things about music he listens to music constantly and i said do you want to learn how to play music and he looked at me like the other people and he goes what are you nuts because he, he grew up with drummers in the house yeah, full yeah. of chaos yeah. and he just went and then i'm gone all the time and always working and coming home and sleeping three hours a night so i could go work at jefferson high school and play with dub squad at key largo or whatever and he'd go <laughs> you, what <laughs> He's a, he's a snowboarder. He's a he's one of those physically active guys. He snowboards. He like trick bikes. He went through all kinds of phases of I forget what they call it, but where you like look at a wall and run straight at it and run up oh, run geez. up the wall and then dive over here and do all that. He can do all that stuff. And, he, and there's a name for that, and I forget it. But uh -huh. he's a he's a great guy. Daredevil. There, yeah, nuts is what I call it. But yeah, he's he's a he's a wonderful human, and he's got I have grandchildren now. They're great. Yeah. You have grandchildren. Oh, it, that would be a whole other story to explain that my son just ended his social experiment. He got married at 19, had a kid with a Nigerian girl, uh -huh. who, American mom, Nigerian father. Yeah, yeah. I love the guy. He's great. Anyway, so um, it didn't work. But So they got the son. Then my son remarries, has a, has a uh, son with an American girl, uh, Ruby, beautiful little kid, Sayer. Then Ania hooks up with a guy um, who had two kids and after the birth of his uh the second one beautiful little girl he ditches he's gone you know typical story we've heard it before yeah uh, nothing no alimony no, 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 no gone so i get this call one time and they're hey we're all going to disneyland i'm going who's we all going to disneyland well <laughs> ania and her kids and ruby and jules and i'm going oh okay good luck have fun they all went had a great time went to florida went to disneyland came home after a week staying together and ruby and ania had already bonded because they're babysitting all the kids all the time and uh -huh. they got a house together they, they all lived together for a while they wow. just ended that recently my son bought another house because and he got a boyfriend um nice guy too so got separated but all these kids all yeah. four of them relate to me that's opa wow you know, that's grandpa you know it's totally charming <laughs> yeah <laughs> wacky i thought it was kooky at first and said let's videotape this we can change our names yeah. let's make some bank and they, then they will looked at me yeah they said no this is this is like all business here just like it's called a learning channel yeah pretty much but you know i mean they live in this house together and it's all kind of separate quarters you know all the kids were raining yeah. everywhere and everybody yeah. else had their little domain and <laughs> and um ruby and anil i think they went to vegas once together i mean they're Everybody got along really great. It was like, and I'd come into it and go, 
Okay, now I have four grandkids. Okay. <laughs> Whatever works. It, it's totally fascinating. They're all yeah. really sweet kids. They're all pretty pretty smart, actually. Yeah. Yeah. And now, cool circle of life kind of stuff is uh, Julian Uko Anyang Camarillo Davis, my first grandson, is a uh, freshman at Jefferson High School this year. Oh, Isn't that amazing? <laughs> I worked there when my son was a baby, and now my grandson is a student there. Jeez. Life is funny. <laughs> I love it. Are you ever going to settle down? Me? Yeah. You mean like right now? <laughs> no, no, I said ever. Um, I <laughs> highly... I mean, it's kind of like age thing. I don't, I don't know how old anybody is, including myself. And I kind of think that I will never settle down. I yeah. mean, not that I. Why would you? Who knows? Who, who, who could predict the future? But I'm jacked. I have lots of energy. Yeah. I have uh, uh, lucky as I'll get it. I have an enthusiasm for goofing around, having fun, and you know, studying. I mean, I'm gonna yeah. go study. But right now, I'm gonna uh -huh. go study. But I'm also gonna goof around and. I don't know. Settle down? Like, what's settling down? What would we do? I don't know. TV? I don't have a TV. I have a TV, but it plays movies. I don't I don't have cable or all that stuff. I don't, I'm not connected in that way to that stuff. Um, I know there's TV shows about ducks and teenage pregnant girls and all this stuff going on. I read about it. I hear about it. I'm not ignorant of the world, but I, I don't, I've never watched any of it. You know? I've never eaten a McDonald's hamburger. I mean, there, there's parts of the thing I've never connected with. Wow. Just lucked Jeez. out. Well, you know, when it, well, so settle down. I don't know what settle down mean. I don't know. You mean maybe like retire and become a surf bum again if I could find an island with good waves and a situation <laughs> like where I can have a hammock? Maybe. Maybe I would settle down that way. <laughs> maybe. I don't know what I mean by settle down. I don't know either. Don't so if you figured that out, give me quite, a ring. I, I have no I don't idea. quite understand the concept myself. I I think you know. My friends who've retired are bored as hell. I don't know what that means. To I don't know. There's, do there's do? people in my age group that I, oh, I yeah. never see, but I'm aware right. of now, mostly because yeah. of the book retired. face world. Retired. They're right. they're like sitting there, and they watch TV. They watch football. They look forward to Sunday afternoon to hang out and drink beer and watch TV. And I don't know if that I could. I don't. No. Not me. I can't do that. I, don't, I can't imagine doing that. I, I can't imagine never. No. Same with you, yeah. Like we're I, we're more likely to run into each other a little after midnight at Thomas's Christmas party, yeah, stuff like that. Yeah. We're not we're not settling down. <laughs> how, how, how do how do you stop working? I don't understand that. I don't understand at all. I don't get it. How, I, you, how can you ever stop working? I can see get it. Yeah, if you are, you know, working for you know a company and or labor, labor job or something that's you know hard 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 work and you're you know doing your 40 hours a week forever i can see where you get to a place you want to go i don't want to do this anymore i can see that but then we don't have that kind of life uh -uh. I'm, I'm playing bongos <laughs> you know it's like come on i mean i'm, I'm my, you know, it's work. Yeah, it's work. It's hard. And, and the hard part is back to what we just said. How do you raise a family? I'm, I miss my family. I, I miss not my son growing up, but my grandchildren get taller every time I see them. You yeah. know, and and the oldest one who knows me the best is always saying stuff like, "You don't leave again." You know, it's like, oh, and that's hard. That's yeah. that's hard. But so there's work. There's work in it. Uh, all my relationships with, you know women have fallen to the wayside because I'm gone all the time, you yeah. know, and who could blame them, you know, stay friends with everybody, but it doesn't, it's hard. <laughs> so there, there's work elements to it, but big picture, what I do for work is also what I do because I love it. Yeah. You know, and how lucky I'm, I count my, every morning I wake up and go, okay, everything works good. And I'm still a musician. 
how lucky are you? I mean, every every day, especially, you know, yeah. I'm not getting any younger, so I, I'm aware of it. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think of, of myself as being old, but I certainly know I'm on the, there's a dividing line in life, right? Yes. <laughs> like age longevity uh, issues and all that. Right. I'm on the other side of it. So I'm certainly aware of it, you mm -hmm. know, and people come and go. Do you, you're aware of it. So, well, I'm glad we could catch you. Yeah, well, for, I'm not, not for, that easy to, you know, some, I'm not that hard a, to catch. A little time here this afternoon. And, what else can we talk about? <laughs> have we talked about anything? <laughs> uh, yeah, I think we have. Okay. We have. Um, we have. So, what else should um, I say? No, I'm. We, we, we're, our hour is done. Are we set to an hour? Are we? No, no. we can keep going. I don't care. I mean, it's up to you. You have an hour show. I don't want to be the guy that. Well, there's that one guy. No, this is long. nuts. This isn't. This, this that, isn't. That one guy talks so much. I don't want to listen to that show. <laughs> oh man. Uh, no, coffee, I think coffee helps too. You know, like drink a strong espresso and sit down with you and go. There Burp. is there is a method to doing these things in a coffee shop. Yeah, I guess so. I'm you know I'm certainly affected by coffee. Yes. That, thank like God it. for the cupping room. I like coffee and the cupping room too. Is this time for the plug? Are we still no, recording? We we we, we, we plug this great. Okay, deal so much for that idea. Here. I was going to take notes if I the, wanted to the go back. The cupping room of the of, of World Cup coffee and tea. There you go. Eighteenth and Gleason. There you go. In There's Portland, our commercial. Oregon. USA. Which is really cool. Portland, I used to live blocks from here. You still do, right? You still, I still do. I yeah. lived in Northwest Portland forever. I loved it here. But this is back when 21st and 23rd were nothing like they resemble now. No. Nothing. I, I've heard about you Pepo, heard you Pepo had studio on 21st, which was, you know, no way you could do that now. Yeah. <laughs> no way. Cost prohibitive. But <laughs> those were the days. You Pepo. Whee! <laughs> we didn't even get to that stuff. Old bands, Dub Squad, you Pepo. Whee! <laughs> Man, that's that stuff was fun. Next time. Next time. Do again time. part two. Brian Next Davis time. still won't shut yes. up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we good? Huh? We good? I'm good unless All there's right. something in particular you wanted to ask about I, that I, I haven't babbled about. That's enough. Is that too much babbling? No. Okay, I don't know. I, no I know I talk. Is, I no can such be. Thing is too much babbling. I can get going talking sometimes. So. Why don't I just click on this and try to save it? Click it and save it? All right. Oh, what, if you erase it, we start over? What? <laughs> <laughs> if we erase it, I cut my wrist. Oh, don't do that. Not for an interview with me. Right. There's not, no, 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 no. We will do this again. I hope to. It'd okay. be great. Thanks. Get me in here. Let's do a team one. Let's get me in here with Reggie and Laura. <laughs> do us all at the same time. Put three people who've never met or played together and go, okay, go. And try to be a guest. Click. <laughs>